You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. And now a word from our sponsor, Netscope. Netscope is a worldwide leader in SASE and Zero Trust. Its unified platform, Netscope One, provides optimized access and zero trust security for people, devices, and data anywhere they go, helping customers reduce risk, accelerate performance, and get unrivaled visibility into any cloud, web, and private application activity. To learn more about how Netscope helps customers be ready for anything on their sassy journey, visit netskope.com. Interpol leads cybercrime takedowns. Alfie Blackcat is in a tug of tour with the FBI. The Senate confirms a new leader for Cyber Command and NSA. Rite Aid is banned from using facial recognition. CISA prepares a new approach to information sharing. Remote encryption of ransomware. Citrix Bleed is exploited to access customer data. An update on the Kyivstar cyber attack. The Talon mechanism solidifies Western support for Ukraine's cybersecurity. In today's Learning Layers segment, host Sam Meisenberg talks with Shelby Lutke about passing the new ISC Squared Certified in Cybersecurity exam. And GCHQ introduces youngsters to code breaking. It's Wednesday, December 20th, 2023. I'm Dave Bittner, and this is your CyberWire Intel Briefing. We begin today with news from Interpol that Operation Hachi 4, an international law enforcement effort, led to the arrest of 3,500 suspects in various cybercrimes and the seizure of $300 million in illicit proceeds. The operation, spearheaded by South Korean authorities and involving agencies from 34 countries, took place from July to December 2023. It targeted voice phishing, romance scams, sextortion, investment fraud, money laundering from online gambling, business email compromise, and e-commerce fraud. Interpol's iGrip initiative helped flag and freeze over 82,000 bank accounts linked to these crimes. Of the total seized, just under $200 million was in hard currency, and $100 million was in digital assets like NFTs associated with cybercrime. The operation highlighted new trends in digital investment frauds and rug-pull scams involving NFT platforms. Additionally, AI and deepfake technologies are emerging as tools for creating realistic synthetic content to deceive victims. The UK authorities disrupted several AI-based impersonation, blackmail, and investment fraud cases. While AI gives an advantage to cybercriminals, Interpol is adapting its strategies to combat these evolving threats. Compared to the previous Hachi 3 operation, Hachi 4 saw a 260% increase in arrests, marking a significant advancement in international efforts against transnational cybercrime. After the ALF v. Black Cat ransomware gang's website was seized by the FBI, 
A message purportedly from the criminals claimed they had regained control, announcing a lift on their self-imposed ban on targeting certain institutions. However, some visitors, including Recorded Futures The Record, still saw the FBI's splash page, leading to confusion about who actually controlled the site. Experts explained that the site, an onion service on the Tor network, operates differently from standard websites. Its address is a public key, and control is determined by who owns the corresponding private key. The FBI had seized numerous public-private key pairs from Alfie Blackcat, leading to a potential tug-of-war for control. Both the FBI and the ransomware group could be aggressively submitting entries to direct traffic to their version of the site. Professor Stephen Murdoch from University College London mentioned the possibility of law enforcement conducting a denial-of-service or man-in-the-middle attack using the private key. He advised against visiting the compromised site as it poses security risks. This tug-of-tor, as Recorded Future calls it, reflects the ongoing battle between law enforcement and cybercriminals over domain control. The U.S. Senate has confirmed Air Force Lieutenant General Timothy Hogg as the new leader of U.S. Cyber Command and the National Security Agency, concluding a year-long hold on military nominations by Senator Tommy Tuberville over the Defense Department's abortion policy. Hogg, who previously held the second-in-command position at Cyber Command and led the Air Force's Digital and Information Warfare Branch, replaces Army General Paul Nakasone, His appointment followed scrutiny from Senator Ron Wyden regarding the NSA's data purchasing practices. The Senate also confirmed Army Major General William Hartman as Hogg's deputy. These confirmations enable further leadership changes within Cyber Command and the NSA, particularly in their cybersecurity directorate. In other agency news, the NSA's 2023 Cybersecurity Year in Review details its key achievements in enhancing national security through cybersecurity initiatives. Notable accomplishments include the inauguration of the AI Security Center within the Cybersecurity Collaboration Center, aimed at advancing secure AI integration within the national security systems and the defense industrial base. The NSA also enhanced its global cybersecurity impact by countering threats like Russian cyber espionage and malicious cyber activities from China, in collaboration with U.S. and international partners. Additionally, there was a 400% increase in enrollments for NSA's no-cost cybersecurity services by Department of Defense contractors, significantly strengthening the defense industrial base's infrastructure. U.S. drugstore chain Rite Aid has settled Federal Trade Commission charges by agreeing to a five-year ban on using facial recognition technology for surveillance, due to its misuse leading to consumer harm. The FTC's order requires Rite Aid to implement comprehensive safeguards against such harms and discontinue the technology if risks to consumers are unmanageable. The settlement follows Rite Aid's deployment of facial recognition from 2012 to 2020, which resulted in consumers being wrongly accused due to false positive identifications. The misuse disproportionately impacted people of color, and violated a 2010 data security order. Rite Aid is also required to delete collected images and related data, notify consumers about biometric enrollments and actions against them, and establish a robust data security program. 
The order awaits approval from bankruptcy and federal district courts and modification by the FTC. The U.S. Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency has announced plans to revamp its automated indicator sharing program, focusing on three main areas. First, simplification. CISA will launch the Threat Intelligence Enterprise Services, TIES, to unify and streamline cyber threat intelligence sharing. TIES Exchange Platform will integrate information from partners and commercial sources, offering a consolidated view for enhanced communication and engagement. Next, partner-centered design. The platform will be developed based on feedback from federal agencies, critical infrastructure organizations, and governments at various levels, focusing on adding value and ease of use. And last, learning from experience. CISA aims to address past challenges with AIS, ensuring ease of sharing and receiving information, providing context for prioritized action, and delivering value that enhances existing cybersecurity capabilities. The focus will also be on maintaining privacy and confidentiality. The new plans will go into effect in 2024. Researchers at Sophos have identified a significant increase in remote encryption ransomware attacks, with a 62% rise since 2022. Prominent ransomware groups like Akira, Alpha V Black Cat, Lockbit, Royal, and Black Basta are employing this technique. In these attacks, adversaries use a compromised endpoint, often with inadequate protection, to encrypt data on other devices within the same network. This approach bypasses modern security systems as the malicious activities, including ingress, payload execution, and encryption, occur on an unmanaged machine, with data transmission being the only sign of compromise. Comcast's recent data breach affecting its Xfinity unit has been traced to attackers exploiting a Citrix vulnerability known as Citrix Bleed, Discovered during a routine cybersecurity check on October 25th, the breach occurred between October 16th and 19th after Cloud Software Group had already issued a patch on October 10th. Despite promptly patching, Comcast didn't fully mitigate the risks as attackers had already hijacked authenticated sessions. Mandiant's alert on October 17th emphasized the need to terminate all active sessions post-patching, a step Comcast missed. The widespread exploitation of Citrix bleed continues, impacting various organizations, including aerospace giant Boeing, with nearly 420 IP addresses recently detected launching related attacks. According to Reuters, Ukrainian telecommunications provider Kyivstar has overcome difficulties as it continues to stabilize its networks. Reports yesterday had claimed that Kyivstar had restored most of its services as it recovers from a Russian cyber attack it sustained late last week. Reports from Ukraine, however, indicate that difficulties with voice communications persist in some areas. Meanwhile, His Majesty's government this morning announced the establishment of the Talon mechanism to help build Ukraine's capacity for cyber defense. The announcement states, The foreign ministries of Canada, Denmark, Estonia, France, Germany, the Netherlands, Poland, Sweden, United Kingdom, and the United States have formalized the Talon mechanism on the 20th of December 2023. It aims to coordinate and facilitate civilian cyber capacity building to help Ukraine uphold its fundamental right to self-defense in cyberspace 
and address longer-term cyber resilience needs. The mechanism is expected to continue the public-private cooperation that has figured so prominently in the war so far. Coming up after the break, in today's Learning Layer segment, host Sam Meisenberg talks with Shelby Lutke about passing the new ISC Squared Certified in Cybersecurity exam. Stick around. Every day, your IAM tech debt grows. Your multi-generational services struggle to work together. Building an identity fabric can fix this. It makes all your identity tooling stronger and allows you to connect any app to any service you want to use. With zero coding, zero maintenance, and zero app downtime. Strata's identity orchestration platform separates the identity logic from your applications, so you can optimize existing IAM tools and manage them in a single control plane. Now, every vendor, standard, and architecture work together. In short, building your identity fabric means you can secure your non-standard apps, keep your complex access policies, retire outdated IDPs, and modernize in record time. So build your fabric with Strata Identity and get rid of tech debt for good. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire, share your identity priorities, and receive a pair of AirPods Pro. Offer valid for organizations over 5,000 employees. Connect today at strata.io slash cyberwire. The IT world used to be simpler. You only had to secure and manage environments that you controlled. Then came new technologies and new ways to work. Now, employees, apps, and networks are everywhere. This means poor visibility, security gaps, and added risk. That's why Cloudflare created the first-ever connectivity cloud. Visit cloudflare.com to protect your business everywhere you do business. Welcome back to another episode of Learning Layer. Today on Learning Layer, I'm joined by a very special guest, my colleague, Shelby Lutke. And she is here because she just passed the Certified in Cybersecurity exam from IAC Squared. Before we get into all of that, though, can you just tell us like a little bit about yourself and your background? Sure. Yeah. So I um, have a background in something completely unrelated to cybersecurity, mm-hmm. um, much like yourself. So so yeah, my degree is actually in history and history of art. Um, but I've been in the cybersecurity space um, in sales for the past five years um, with a variety of different types of companies. So a managed network security provider, a ZTNA startup, um, and now I'm here at N2K. So it sounds like in in a in a weird way you're kind of the perfect candidate for the certified in cybersecurity because for those who don't know it's supposed to be entry level exam help people learn the lexicon of cybersecurity. So why did you want to challenge yourself and sit for this exam? I think it's really important uh, you know especially 
um, in sales to to be able to speak with integrity and and understanding to your clients. Um, so it was really important to me to to kind of understand their pain points, understand what their day to day look like, you know. And I've been sort of buzzing around the periphery um, in this space, and so I really just wanted to to challenge myself and understand, you know, what have I picked up by osmosis? Where can I dive deeper? So you obviously picked up enough by osmosis and in your studies, because like I said, you passed. So let's talk about that experience. Let's talk about exam day. So tell me like a little bit about exam day experience, what you were feeling, what was going through your brain and sort of like what happened during the test itself. Yeah. So it was definitely uh, a nerve wracking experience. I won't lie. It's been a long time since I've had to, you know, put myself in a situation like that where, um, you know, I walked in to a community college uh, that is local to me um, where the exam was being administered. Um, and it definitely felt, you know, like academia a little bit. Um, and so it was it was definitely a hat that I haven't worn in a while. Um, certainly a lot of protocols in place. Uh, so walking into the room, it's, you know, very strict about what you're allowed to bring in with you. Um, you know, a lot of scrutiny over my identification. Um, I was very nervous about making sure I had all of my, my passport and my license and everything with me. But in terms of the actual, you know, the test itself, which I think, you know, is the other big piece that you, that you asked, um, you know, the test itself was, was far more challenging than I think I, I had expected it mm -hmm. to be. Um, the way that the test is structured, there is no back button. Mm. So it's a, <laughs> it's a one time through and that's it. So meaning if we could just kind of elaborate on that a second, you select yeah. your answer choice, you click next, and there's no going back to change yeah. your answer choices. There's no going back. So, uh, which was kind of a, a different experience. I had, had done some practice tests and that was, you know, that was a, a feature that I had become accustomed to being mm -hmm. able to kind of flag things for review later. Um, so all I really had was a dry erase board that they provided and a dry erase marker. Um, and so I was able to kind of jot down a few notes and, and help myself kind of think through things. Um, I'm a really visual learner, so mm -hmm. sometimes it's helpful for me to have, have that option. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, the test itself, the other kind of big, big thing that, that stuck out to me is that there's often more than one answer that could be correct. Mm. Um, and so you really have to rely on your instincts and, you know, what, what you've, you know, gained, uh, during study to, to make the best choice possible. So let's, we talk about exam day. Let's back up. How did you prepare? How did you get yourself in a position to pass the test? So the um, the you actually recommended to me that um, that I take the ISC squared course that had been offered. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I love a deal, so <laughs> a free course is always a great option. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, sometimes you do you do get what you pay for, though. So just so everybody is <laughs> aware. True. That's true. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the course itself, you know, I spent a few weeks. I really mm -hmm. tried to make sure that I was giving myself time. Um, to absorb the material, not to cram everything in. You know, I am a, a busy working mom, so it was definitely important to me that I, I, you know, give myself digestible bits of information. Mm -hmm. um, but I will say, you know, that the course itself, there's certainly a portion of it that is pretty common sense and mm -hmm. felt really um, not redundant, but just familiar. I knew a lot of those kinds of of you know, the initial questions. Uh, you know, a lot of like the physical controls types of questions um, were we're really just common sense. Um, but once we got into sort of the networking portion, it definitely became more technical. Um, so I really focused my, my time there. Um, so 
From there, I actually used uh, N2K's uh, uh, QBank mm-hmm. um, so that I could build myself practice exams that were sort mm-hmm. of, you know, going to replicate the time and length of the actual exam. Mm. Um, and that I sort of worked through methodically. Um, so I certainly got very nervous that I wasn't going to be ready for exam day, um, but kind of pushed through it. And and by the by the time I was ready to go to the exam, I was getting passing scores and felt like it was it was uh, it was go time. <laughs> so Shelby, if you were talking to somebody who was gearing up for this exam, and they are just a couple of days away, maybe from taking it, what would you say to them? What was what would like be one piece of advice that you would give them? I think, you know, for me, the the tipping point was taking the first practice exam that I had built because I realized, you know, while I was going through that, that it was far more complicated than what had been provided through the ISC squared, um, you know, portal. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it just was a very different type of test. I felt, uh, you know, quite a bit more pressure. So I think I had gotten this like false sense of confidence after completing the the prep course. But but certainly be ready for some some tricky questions on the exam, regardless of how prepared you are. <laughs> so let's actually talk about that. What, what happens when you get to a tricky question? Like, walk me through your process. Yeah, I mean, I definitely encountered a few. I think, um, you know, most of, uh, again, there's absolutely no resources in the room or, you know, there's nowhere to look or nothing else but your own brain to <laughs> to solve that. And I think for most of us, you know, that's a pretty... Uh, strange place to be. We're very used to, you know, hopping on your phone and just verifying something. Um, so I think the biggest thing is don't panic. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, trust yourself because oftentimes your first instinct is is the right way to go. Um, but definitely, if you're a visual learner like me, feel free to <laughs> scratch, make a few chicken scratch notes. Uh, you know, on your on your pad there. Yeah, and I I could also imagine too, like knowing also when to bail on those type of questions is helpful because sure you can yeah. write down whatever you want, you can do the chicken scratch on the dry erase, but it might not trigger anything, and then you're sort of just spinning your wheels, wasting time. So it yeah. also probably is a good idea to like know when to get out on a tough question too, right? Absolutely, I think pacing yourself is also super important. I think, you know, I felt very comfortable with the time allotted. I ended up finishing early, mm-hmm. um, but I think, you know, just the feeling of, you know, I could sit here and spin my wheels for an extra ten minutes, and I'm never going to know this answer. Um, you know, you just have to trust yourself and push push on because there's going to be plenty more questions that you can get can get right. So Shelby, I want to thank you again for joining me on Learning Layer. So what starts up next? Sec Plus. Sec Plus. All right, I'm going to have you back on when you pass Sec Plus, okay? Sounds great. (laughs) Absolutely no pressure. I love it. Thank you for tuning in to this segment of the Learning Layer. If you're interested in pursuing the CC from ISC Squared or any other certification, N2K has comprehensive practice tests to help you prepare for exam day. They access to multiple learning tools, including custom quizzes, flashcards, and simulated practice exams to help you walk into test day prepared and confident. For a limited time, all N2K certification practice tests are only $39. Visit n2k.com slash certify to find your cert. Happy studying.
That's The Learning Layer with our host, Sam Meisenberg. Are lengthy security reviews pulling attention away from your security program? With the largest network of trust centers, Vanta can help you streamline security reviews to win customer trust, save time, and close deals fast. Proactively demonstrate security by showcasing key resources like your SOC 2 or ISO 27001 and provide real-time evidence for passing controls. And when a security questionnaire is required, Vanta takes the first pass for you. Visit vanta.com slash cyber to take a self-serve tour. That's vanta.com slash cyber. And finally, the UK's spy agency, GCHQ, launched its annual code-breaking challenge for school children aged 11 to 18, aiming to keep young minds engaged during the winter break. Over 1,000 secondary schools have enrolled in the 2023 event, which features some of the most challenging puzzles to date. This third edition is centered around a Christmas card from Anne Keast Butler, GCHQ's director, containing various puzzles that escalate in difficulty, testing code-breaking, math, and analytical skills. One puzzle involves grouping nine gift tags into three sets based on a common link, while another is a numerical brain teaser where each letter represents a different digit with solutions related to Christmas. Besides these, the challenges include seven questions and a particularly tough maths-based bonus puzzle. Participants are encouraged to work in teams utilizing diverse skills to solve puzzles. The challenge also has a historical theme featuring Bletchley Park, the wartime headquarters of GCHQ, where scientists broke the German Enigma code. A photograph from 1940 found in codebreaker Joanne Wingfield's family album is highlighted, emphasizing GCHQ's roots in cybersecurity and encryption and their relevance to the agency's current mission. This year's challenge also celebrates Bletchley Park's role in hosting the AI Safety Summit. GCHQ's Christmas challenge is like an advent calendar for the mind. But instead of chocolates, each door opens to a puzzle that might just take until next Christmas to solve. And that's the CyberWire. For links to all of today's stories, check out our daily briefing at thecyberwire.com. We'd love to know what you think of this podcast. You can email us at cyberwire at n2k.com. We're privileged that N2K and podcasts like The Cyberwire are part of the daily intelligence routine of many of the most influential leaders and operators in the public and private sector, as well as the critical security teams supporting the Fortune 500 and many of the world's preeminent intelligence and law enforcement agencies. N2K Strategic Workforce Intelligence optimizes the value of your biggest investment, your people. We make you smarter about your team while making your team smarter. Learn more at n2k.com. This episode was produced by Liz Irvin. Our mixer is Trey Hester with original music by Elliot Peltzman. Our executive producers are Jennifer Iben and Brandon Carr. Our executive editor is Peter Kilpie, and I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Tomorrow.
Hey all, Rick here. At N2K CyberWire, we're dedicated to continuously improving the quality of the news and commentary on our network. That's why we're inviting you to participate in our 2024 audience survey. It only takes a few minutes and your feedback is invaluable. Plus, you'll have the chance to win a $100 Amazon gift card as a thank you for your time. Head on over to cyberwire.com survey. That's cyberwire.com survey to share your feedback now. And now, a word from our sponsor, Zscaler, the leader in cloud security. Cyber attackers are using AI in creative ways to compromise users and breach organizations. In a security landscape where you must fight AI with AI, the best AI protection comes from having the best data. Zscaler has extended its zero-trust architecture with powerful AI engines that are trained and tuned by 500 trillion daily signals. Learn more about Zscaler Zero Trust plus AI to prevent ransomware and AI attacks. Experience your world secured. Visit zscaler.com slash zero trust AI. 